So we're, we're in a series called Relationships at, at Uncertain Times, and this is, these are uncertain times, right? I mean, we have a pandemic, and then it's like a national awakening of uh, injustices that have been going on for, uh, you know, forever, right? And so, uh, I, me personally, I'm super excited. I am excited. I think we're, we're waking up to the fact that our lives uh, mean more than just the daily grind, that, we, uh, that it's about what can we do to be Jesus wherever we can be. And so uh, it's pretty cool. So I, I do marriage counseling, pre, premarital counseling and marriage counseling. I'm not that great a counselor because I'm like, well, just stop doing that. But that's, you know, neither here nor there. But uh, some of you, have, uh, uh, as I glance around, uh, I, I've done premarital counseling, and I do four weeks of it, okay? Uh, and and uh, I cover three topics, because what I tell the couples uh, is that um, if you ever come back into my office and you're sitting on that couch after you get married, it's because of three things. One of three things. Finances, communication, intimacy. Those are your three things. And so we talk about that, how to set up healthy boundaries, how to, like, all those things. But my first, the first week is my favorite week. Because the first week, and I, for the couples that are here right now, I'm not, wasn't tricking you, but I just say, let's get to know, tell me your story, is what I say. And uh, so we go over the story, how did you meet, how, you know, what, you know, what, you know, what, you know, what are your plans? And then I just start asking a series of questions, like, um, how many kids do you want? And, and usually, it, some couples, I get them, like, right in the beginning. Others, I'm like, hey, this is pretty, you know, they, they've got it, like, worked out. So I'll ask them, like, how many kids do you want? Uh, we want to have a big family, so, you know, uh, you know, um, are you going to have two bank accounts or one bank account? And they're like, uh, I don't, two? And the other person's like, two? Why do we need two? Uh, I don't know. Who, who, who's, whose career are you going to sacrifice for? If you had to make a sacrifice, whose career would you sacrifice for? Uh, <laughs> right, right. Uh, wh- where are you going? Uh, whose, house, whose family are you going to see in Christmas, at Christmas time? Oh, boy. What about Thanksgiving? And you, usually, usually, you know, one of them is like, well, so, um, yeah, we'll hit my parents on um, Christmas, Thanksgiving, and Easter, and then like Flag Day, Boxing Day, and Groundhog Day, we'll be at their parents, right? And so, and so, so you, you just start asking, probing these questions, you know? Um, you know, one, one person might be like, I just want to adopt nine kids. Like, what the, you know, I just want one kid. And it all depends on your, your family of origin and all the experience that you've gone through throughout your life. That you come in to every single relationship you have with expectations. And they're horrible. Expectations will damage all of your relationships. Let me put it this way. Unspoken and unkind of worked through expectations can damage your relationship. You can't, you can't get past having expectations. We all, we all have expectations. And so I, I go through with the couples and about, you know, kind of just going over everything. Um, how much, do you guys know how much debt you have? Uh-oh. <laughs> Right? Oh, yeah, I just have some, uh, just from my car. Okay, how, 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 
how long's the loan from here on out? Like, what, are you going to buy a house someday? Like, oh boy, I think so. Because we come in with these expectations and it gets even worse because there's a bunch of words we use that we haven't defined either. So if you like, look at this, everyone wants to be respected, right? I think, I think that's pretty fair. Everybody wants to be respected. Everyone wants to be desired in some way or another. Everyone wants to be admired, cherished. But what does this even mean? Like when I say I want to be respected, does that mean like you can't argue with me? Like these words, they sound great and we would all say I want to be respected, but until we've worked through what that actually means for me, we are bringing expectations into the relationship that we haven't spoken through yet. And anyone who's been married longer than a month uh, has gone through these different things. It's like, whoa, I, you know, I, I, I thought I, was, I wanted to be prioritized. And the dude's like, not on Friday nights because we've been playing poker with my buddies every Friday night. So you're prioritized. You got six other nights. What's the big deal? Right? And, but, maybe, but, but maybe to her or to him, whatever. I mean, shoot. I mean, she might play poker with her buddies. I don't, I'm not judging. But, uh, but what does prioritized mean? What does pursued mean? What does it mean to be listened to? And so you, you say, you're not listening. You're not listening. And the person's like, I, I have... Yes, I am. You said you're not listening. You're not listening. Go ahead. Keep going. And so you, you just get in, into this stuff. Now, I, uh, when I was growing up, there was this little thing I used to get called chip away. I don't know if you guys remember chip away. Chip away was a block of clay, much like this. Oops. Uh-oh. Need to get a vacuum for that. Uh, much like this. And you, you didn't know what was inside. So like for the kids, the kids who are here, because we don't have children's ministry right now, you guys got a little dinosaur egg that you're going to chip away, and there's a little thing in there. I'm not going to tell you what it is, because that's, that's what chip away is for. You don't know what's inside. Now, I had to buy this one online from the Smithsonian Institute, uh, uh, but they tell, you, they tell you what's inside. Like, like it, it's a Tyrannosaurus Rex inside of here, and you chip away, and, and the bones, you get all the bones come out, right? I had so much fun this week, you guys. I can't even tell you. I can't wait to finish this thing. Uh, but but, you, but you, you, you chip away. But with the, with the original chip away, you didn't know what was inside. And so you'd, you'd be very cautious because you didn't know if it was something fragile. You didn't know. And, and, then, they, and then they'd have these, and then you'd have like a little brush, and you'd like brush brush off the bones like that. Oh my gosh, this is going to be fantastic. I am so ADD. Uh, and I just drank some coffee, which is bad. Uh, and so that's what you do. But here's what I would do. Once I'd chip away and it turned out to be like a brontosaurus, which I didn't want because that's an herbivore. And what kid wants an herbivore, right? So uh, somebody just raised their hand. That was awesome. Okay. I'm not judging you. Uh, I wanted a T-Rex or something like that. And so I'd chip away. And once I found out it was a brontosaurus, chip away became whack away. I would just like, bam, 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 man, this is, this is lame. You know, pieces flying all over the place, right? Here, here, here's the thing. Too many of our relationships, because of expectations, have become whack away. I can just look at you 
Oh, you're middle-aged, this gender, this thing. Oh, I know. I know what you're thinking. I know who you are. Oh, you're a millennial. Oh, uh, eye roll. You know, oh my gosh. Oh, you're a bo- okay, boomer. You're that. I know, I know everything you, you believe, okay, because you're a baby. But like we have these compartmentalizations and we've lost, we've lost the art of chip away. We've lost the art of dialogue. We've lost the art of listening to each other. We bring in these expectations. This is what a wife should do. This is what a husband should do. This is what a boss should do. A pastor should do. A friend should do. Those are my expectations. And once we think we know what's inside, we whack away. And we, we lose the art of chip away. The best marriages I've seen have the art of chip away. They see a rough edge because we're all encrusted, right, with our brokenness. So they see a rough edge. I got to think of through that next time uh, I ever use this example. And so, and so there's this, these, we're all encrusted with our brokenness. And what ends up happening is when my brokenness means your brokenness and I can see a little piece of you, I go, oh, I know who they are. I know what they're thinking. I know, I, I speculate. I just push through. We can't do that. We can't do it as a society. We can't do it as a church. We certainly can't do it as employers and employees and neighbors. And we got to get the art back of chip away. And so, uh, and I believe that, that unspoken expectations are one of the things that causes our relationships to, uh, to deteriorate. So here's one of my points. Bitterness grows in a garden of expectations. I am so proud of this. I came up with it myself. Um, Well, and some staff members. But uh, bitterness grows in a garden of expectations because this is what happens. When you have an expectation, then your relationship becomes a debt-debtor relationship. A debt-debtor relationship. So let's say I'm going to just pick a dumb example, but... Let's say um, you're married to an incredible woman that's always done the dishes because she knows you don't like to do the dishes. Just saying. Like, it's just, I'm speaking for a friend of mine. Um, and so, uh, it's so good to have you guys here, by the way. And it's good to have you online, but it's just fun because I'd tell a joke like that or say something and it was just like, okay, there we go. That's great. <laughs> Mark might like, you know, laugh in the back or laugh at me, or maybe he was just grunting at me. I don't know. But uh, so you have this wife and she always does the dishes and that's the expectation. Like maybe you're old school and you're like, that's what women are supposed to do. Women vacuum and men grunt, you know, whatever, whatever the thing is. So if, if that's my expectation, when she meets it, it's just zero. It's a zero sum. So if she expects me to do something and I do it, so it's kind of like this. Hey, it's our anniversary. You're supposed to buy me flowers. Oh, okay. So I buy flowers. Okay. Now we're even. Even is a horrible relationship. Like exceeding is is what you want to do. Even is not unconditional love. Unconditional love is, oh my goodness, you did the dishes again. I I cannot believe this that you're doing this for me. Like, you've always done this for me. I, I, it's, it's like both people uh, racing to the back of the line, trying to outserve each other, 
trying to do. So if you're an employer, if you're an employer, you should be doing this for your employees. Even though you have the expectation that they work all day and they get a check, we have to treat each other by removing that debt-debtor relationship. It is not healthy at all for any of our relationships. And so what I want to do is talk uh, a little bit about a story that happened with Jesus and, um, and some expectations that weren't met. And then we're going to look into uh, 1 Peter. Uh, Peter was one of the disciples and he wrote some, uh, some literature. And we'll look at that. Uh, and then we'll talk about how do we get past this idea of expectations. Because here's what I know about myself. The most damaging expectations that you can have are for yourself. You expected to have a life different than you have. Because when somebody else doesn't meet my expectations, I can just blame them, right? But when I don't meet my expectations, when I haven't met the expectations that I have, it can be crippling. And the enemy, and I believe there's an enemy, We'll take that and just beat you down with that. So here's what happens. Jesus is jamming around. He's doing Jesus stuff, uh, healing, preaching, uh, kind of leading his disciples to show them what it's like to be Jesus, you know, kind of what Jesus does. And he ends up, uh, they're on their way moving. And he comes, uh, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Now, uh, I'll just give you a little bit of insight of what, it was, what it's like to regather here. Um, I was telling Lise, because we, 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 like, we, we put the seat covers on the seats and we did new signage and I bought 3,200 bacterial wipes. Don't ask me where I got them. It's a long story. Uh, I, I uh, you know, we just like getting everything ready. And I was, I was telling Lisa, I was like, I, I want to be really calm in the next three days before everybody shows up. I just, I just want to do this well. I did it horrible. It was terrible. I just kept thinking about all the things that could go wrong. So, so when, when we see that Martha opened up her home to him, you understand what that's like, right? You're having company over, maybe a small group, maybe you, you know, and, and it's like you want everything to be just right. You have certain expectations. When, when we have everyone over at our house for Thanksgiving, like I know how the turkey's going to be smoked. Like I have all these things in my mind. They're expectations, and they can be damaging. And so Martha, just bear with me. M Martha has an opportunity to be with Jesus. Martha has an opportunity to have Jesus over to her house. And in all of our relationships, every single one of them, we have an opportunity to experience Jesus through chip away with another person. Because Jesus is painstaking about his chip away. He works on all aspects of our life. And so Martha has this opportunity. But it's hard to have people over. It's hard to, to have an event. You think about these things. And so she has a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. This is really cool. I mean, I, again, I tend to read a little bit too much into the Bible, but... Um, and could you, could you imagine that? You like get to sit 
at Jesus' feet and listen to him talk like the real Jesus, flesh and blood Jesus. Like what an opportunity. And what else, else is really cool is that this, this goes against culture. It would be the men that sit around and talk. It would be the men that sit around and they, they do the theology and they, they're the disciples. And, they're, and, and Je- Jesus is just so inclusive. He's just like, yeah, Mary, come on, have a, have a seat. And so that's what happens. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. I wonder if they had to be made. Or was there just an expectation from her culture or this is what you do when you have people over that you you have to make sure everything's perfect and all those things. I I wonder if it had to be made. Now, it's the Bible, right? So if the Bible says she was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made, then maybe you can take it literally and go, yeah, well, if the Bible says they had to be made, they had to be made. But that didn't have to be made, being distracted. Because expectations are driving her away from sitting at the feet of her Savior, Jesus. And so, if you're like me, uh, you've been in this thing where uh, you're doing a bunch of work and nobody else is. And uh, you start making noises, like passive-aggressive noises. Like, oh man, this trash is overflowing. Crickets, right? Oh, yeah. You're doing the dishes, but you're kind of like the dishes are like clanging, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Well, sorry, I'm just doing all these dishes, all all of them, by myself, right? So I don't know if she was doing that. Okay, that's what I'd be doing. I'd just be like, hey, man, there's still more trash. Can't believe it. Jesus, what's up? Good teaching there. Got got stuff in the kitchen, right? You ever done you you done that? No, I'm just immature. Okay. Uh, so, so that's, she's distracted and she's probably getting upset because she had an expectation that everyone was going to help, that everyone was going to contribute. So she came and she asked him, she came to him and asked, don't you care? Don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? <laughs> well, she did one thing right. She went to Jesus. She went to Jesus. Because this is a great question, actually. And it's a great question for Jesus. As we go into our relationships and we bring in expectations. God, don't you care that we don't have kids? My expectation was that we'd have a a big family. Don't, Don't you care about that? Don't you care that I'm still in the same job that I've always been in and I was I I wanted to be a lawyer and that didn't work out? Like, don't you care about that? Don't you care that I was going to have this awesome marriage and that we were just going to get along and we were going to travel and we're going to have all this fun and he just plays video games. Don't you care about that? Now, that's a great question. It's a great question. And it's a great question of who you're asking. Because you can call a buddy and you can call a girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, and say, uh, um, hey, you know, They're not meeting any of my expectations. But the best place to go to share your expectations of what is going on is to Jesus. And to say, look, 
am I off base here? Now, she wasn't asking, am I off base here? She's like, she was ticked because we've all been there. And this is what she says. Tell her to help me. Like, fix it. Jesus, you're the rabbi. Have her meet my expectations. I invited you in. I can't do it by myself. Tell her to help me. And just like Jesus, this is so cool. He says, Martha, Martha, <laughs> it says it twice. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. You're, you're like really freaking out right now, Martha. Now, I, I think what Martha asked was actually kind of fair. You know, like, hey, I can't, I can't do all this. But expectations need to be verbalized early because in the heat of the moment, if you haven't worked through all those things, if you haven't said, hey, look, th this is, uh, you know, I, this is who I think is supposed to do the budget. This is what, who takes out the trash. This is then if they're not verbalized, you, you, you create this debt, debtor relationship, and they can't, it's a debt they can't pay. They can't pay back. Because they don't even know oftentimes. They don't know that this is what you expect or this is what a good wife does or a good husband does or whatever. It needs to be um, worked through or else it just becomes a debt debtor. So he says, Martha, Martha, you're, you're worried and upset about so many things. And doesn't a lot of our anxiety come from expectations, right? So like, like let's, say, let's put it this way. Like, let's say I'm really nervous about not being able to retire. Well, the expectation is that everybody should be able to retire at 65, we'll say. And so now I'm nervous because that, uh, that, that might be an unmet expectation. Or I get nervous, I get anxious, like what if I'm single? Because the expectation is everyone should be married. You, you see what I'm saying? It's like these unmet expectations become a source of anxiety for us. If you're running a church and it's like, oh man, you know, a church should be huge and, and, and you know, a success, successful pastor should be X, Y, and Z. And then you go, oh man, I, I'm not that. I must not be a successful pastor. Well, it's a bad expectation to have. And so this is what happens. So he says, Martha, your, your, your expectations essentially have gotten you worried and upset because you had something in your mind and it's not working out the way you have. And so bitterness begins to grow in that garden of expectation. He's not performing like a husband should perform. She's not performing like a wife should perform. He's not performing as a boss should perform. All these things. And then Jesus just drills it down. He says, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. <laughs> this is so cool. Like, I don't know why... I wonder if Jesus, like, corrected himself, like, but few things are needed. Well, actually, now that I think about it, <laughs> one thing's needed. Mary has chosen what is better, to sit at the feet of Jesus. That's what Mary chose. Mary chose not to have expectations. Jesus is coming, but we'll figure the rest out. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure all that stuff out. I want to learn from Jesus because I'm telling you this. If you take all those expectations 
and you place them on the person that you're married to or the person that you're dating or the person that you're in a relationship with, they can't fulfill them all. It's impossible for a number of reasons, one of which is you can't even articulate them well enough. You just say, I feel like you're not doing your end of the bargain. What does that even mean? And so when we take those expectations, those things, those hopes, and those dreams, and we, and we bring them to Jesus, then he says, okay, well, let me see. What it, oh, wow. So what, it is, what is it about kids that like, is like, really, like a really big thing to you? There's no right or wrong answer to that. You just say, well, this is, I always thought that having a big family would be best, you know, and okay, great. Let's, let's work through that. Mary has chosen what's better, and here's what he says after this, and it, it won't be taken away from her. <laughs> I'm not going to let your unmet expectations stop her from meeting with me. We're going to have to deal with that. And, and unfortunately, and for many of us, our own unmet expectations have driven us away from God. Because God didn't meet our expectations. The church didn't meet our expectations. The Bible didn't meet our expectations. Jesus didn't meet our expectations. So she, he says, it won't be taken away from her. So, we're going to move really quickly to 1 Peter. Because he kind of gives a clue. Like, how do, you, how do you get through this, right? Like, okay, it's great. I won't have any expectations and I'll bring them all to... I'll bring them all to God, and then my life will be better. Uh, well, Paul, uh, Peter talks about this a little bit, and, and, and it's a, a lot of action that has to take place. So the first thing he says in 1 Peter 5.5, 5, he says, All of you, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. So already, we have a different viewpoint. Maybe I'm in a relationship not to have someone fulfill my expectations. Maybe I'm in a relationship to have them fulfill theirs. That, that we, we work together to accomplish something they couldn't establish on their own. You know, it's amazing to me. Uh, lots of couples I deal with, lots of different people. And um, most people, when they talk to me about dating or whatever, they're just like, I just want to find the right person. I just want to find the right person. And I get that. And I'm not blaming you. And I'm looking out over all you guys, and you have found the right person. Good job. Um, it's never like I want to be the right person. <laughs> like, like I, you know what? My goal for my marriage is to be the right person. No, I want to get married to the right person. Because together, then we can do this, all the stuff I want to do. You can meet all our expectations. It's never, I, I want to get married so that I can be the right person, right? Now, some of you, because I know a lot of your marriages, you figured this out. Like over time, you're like, no, you know what? The healthy marriages figure it out. That it's like, no, you don't owe me anything and I owe you everything. And when two people are doing that, even like employee, employer, uh, neighbors, you don't owe me anything. I owe you everything. When two people do that, oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. 
And so he says, clothe yourself in humility. In other words, your expectations, your hopes, your dreams, they're important. Bring them to Jesus. Absolutely. Like you should have goals and all those things. But at the end of the day, we clothe ourselves in humility because God opposes the proud. Now you think, oh man, opposes the proud. I don't want God to like squash me like a bug. No, the things of God, everything works better in humility. It's not that God opposes in the sense of just like, oh, that was prideful, you know, off you go, you know. It's that, no, 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 no. I'm opposed to that line of thinking because it's not healthy for you. He's opposed to the proud, but gives favor to the humble. Like, like I, I want his strength. I want his, his uh, guidance. So he says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the, uh, God's mighty hand. And, and that humbling under his mighty hand, again, it's not like he's pushing you down, okay? The hand is, a, is, a, is protection. Now he's got you. So you humble yourself under his mighty hand. Nothing can get to you when you're under the mighty hand of God, right? That he may lift you up in due time. And then Peter says this. It's really great. I took a little bit of liberty with this one. Cast all your expectations on him because he cares for you. That's not actually what the verse says. It actually says cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. But as we talked about before, isn't anxiety really just unmet expectations? We, 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 we have this way that it should go and we get nervous that it won't go that way. And so as the worship band comes back up, uh, here's the question I have for you. I didn't write it down. It was pretty easy to, to remember. Do you want God to meet your expectations or do you want to meet God? See, M Mary had some expectations that she wanted Jesus to meet. Tell Martha to help me. Like she had an expectation that when she talked to Jesus, Jesus was going to go, oh, yeah, no, that's right. Hey, Martha, why don't you get it? But, but Mary wanted to meet God. Mary wanted to experience Jesus. She wanted to sit at his feet. And so my, my, my question is the same for us. Do you want God to meet your expectations? You get everything you wanted in life and it all works out just the way you have and your, your, your husband, you know, stops putting his underwear on the bedpost and, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever it is, right? I, I just came up with that one. Uh, okay. Right? right? Do, you, do, you, do you want it all to work out or do you want to meet God? Do you want to see Jesus? Do you want to have him chip away and go, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're not going to meet those expectations right now because we still have some work to do, <laughs> you know? We've got these bones that need to come out. So cool. Okay, sorry. Right? I mean, like, that's the whole process of being a disciple, is having him chip away, chip away. We're going to get right down to the core of what's going on. And when that happens, you might find that your expectations are removed completely. But we can cast it all on him because he cares for us and he knows. So we're going to uh, end with a song. And um, just as we have this time of reflection, I would invite you to ask that question. God, what are my expectations? 
I mean, for some, and I, you know, for some people, they're like, I don't, I don't have any expectations. Mm, you do. And maybe you need to spend a couple days just going, what, what is it that I, what are my hopes, my dreams, my realities? And then begin to enter into that conversation. And so we'll just begin with this time as, um, as we're led with another song to begin to go, Lord God, um, I have expectations. I have hopes and dreams. Uh, and Lord, I want to place them at your feet. I want to push it all there. And then you can go through those things and begin to chip away at, no, this one is too much for you. You, you don't want to have this one. Or, hey, let's add something different, a different perspective to this one. So, Lord, I pray as we just reflect during this time that you would hear our, uh, hear our voices, that you'd speak to us, that we would hear your voice, and, uh, Lord, that we would go back into our relationships with this idea that we owe everything and they owe nothing. We could see them transform. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. so great to have you guys here. It's so great to have you online as well. You guys are already standing, but if you're uh, online watching us, I invite you to stand for the blessing. It's what we do here all the time uh, at the end of every service. So now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I pray that you would go in his peace, in his strength, in his love, and in his joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.